0: When you see some shocking story posted on the internet, or more specifically on Facebook, and it's also showing some outlandish picture, how do you check out whether it's true or not? Well, I'll show you how to do that today using Google Chrome. And can you guess what my favorite food is? (coughs) Welcome to another episode of the Computer Tutor. Tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your Computer Tutor, Scott Johnson. Welcome back and thanks for joining me today. This is Scott Johnson and that means this is the Computer Tutor podcast. Yes, I am a computer geek, but I'm not a typical geek because I don't talk like a computer geek. I talk about computer tips and tricks, but I explain them in easy-to-understand language that just about anyone can get. My business is computer repair, virus removals, data recovery, setting up automated backups, just about anything computer-related. And I do all of that right here from my home office, right here in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. Now, sometimes a client might bring me a computer, and sometimes I go on-site with a client, but I do a lot of work through remote access. So if you have a problem with your computer, I'll bet I can help. Just give me a call, 727-254-9078, or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. Today's computer tip can be seen at my website at computertutorflorida.com slash zero nine four. So let's get started. Okay, I have some news for you. Not everything you see on the internet is true. I know, that may come as a surprise to you, but it's a fact. I know this because I've done the research. What prompted this was something that happened this past week. I was on Facebook, and I saw a post by a friend of mine. He posted a link to a news article, and the title of the article was "'Muslims Crucify Two Teen Boys for Being Christians.'" And with the article were a few fairly graphic pictures. One of them showed what was apparently one of these young men supposedly dead, and he was tied to some type of makeshift cross. The story actually went into quite a bit of detail about how these two guys were told that they need to renounce their Christianity, or they would be crucified, and they refused to do so. For me, when I go on Facebook, whenever I see anything like this, I'm automatically skeptical. There's so much junk posted and reposted and shared and liked. It's really ridiculous. So right off the bat, I kind of figured this was pretty much a hoax, especially since it came from a right-wing radical website. And of course, left-wing radical websites are just as bad. But I did do a quick check and found out that the picture of the young man on the cross had nothing to do with that news story. That picture was actually published a few weeks earlier on another website, and the actual story had nothing to do with anyone being told to renounce their faith or be crucified. But this website that just now posted wanted to have the biggest quote-unquote shock factor, so they just grabbed that image and used it for their own made-up story. Now, if my friend had taken 10 seconds to check on that image before he shared the link on Facebook, he could have saved his own credibility. See, that's the problem when you automatically share and repost this junk After a while, people just get tired of all the fake garbage, and they don't pay any attention to anything you put up. But what I wanted to point out, and and this is the actual computer tip for this episode, is how do you check on an image and see if it's authentic to the story that's using it? Well, the way I do it is pretty simple. I use Google Chrome. Now, as you probably know, Chrome is the web browser that's put out by Google. It's the one I use most of the time now. I use Firefox fairly often, too, and I use Internet Explorer only when I have to. Anyway, when you have Chrome open and you're reading a news article with images and you want to check on the authenticity of the pictures, just do a right-click on the image and choose Search Google for this image in the menu that comes up. At that point, Google will search the web and see where else that image has appeared. In other words, what other websites have used it. You might find out that the article you're reading is the only website that has that picture. Or you could discover that the picture was lifted from a different website and has nothing to do with the story. But at least now you know the quick and easy way to check this. Oh, and there are a couple other practical uses for this process. Let's say you're shopping for a used car on Craigslist. Well, anyone that has a car for sale is almost certainly going to list it on Craigslist because they know that people that want to buy a car, usually the first place they check is Craigslist. Unfortunately, the scammers know that too, so they post a lot of fake car ads on Craigslist. So you come across this ad for a really nice car, low miles, great condition, and it's priced really low. In fact, it's priced suspiciously low. So low you're wondering if it's real or not. Well, do your little Google image search on one of the pictures or a few of the pictures and that might answer your question. If it's a scam, it's pretty likely that the same car and the same pictures will be listed not only in your local area but also probably several cities around the country. See, scammers are usually pretty lazy and they know that people won't bother to check on the pictures, or most people won't, so they just use the same car ad in a bunch of different places. But now, you won't waste your time with that and you won't lose any money to a scam. Another practical use for the Google image search trick is if you have your own website. Maybe you have a personal blog and you post some of your own photographs on the, on the blog. Have you ever checked on your own pictures to see if they're used on another website somewhere? You might be surprised. It's worth checking on anyway. Oh, and if you use Firefox rather than Chrome, you still can do the same trick you just have to get an extension called search by image for Google or Google image search or Google search by image. They are actually extensions by all of those names. I haven't used any of them, but they're all supposed to do the same thing. Safest thing would be to find the one that's actually put out by Google and use that one. And now for the get to know Scott segment, I'm going to tell you a few of my favorite things in a few different categories. I'm not going to do all of them in this episode, maybe just a couple per show for the next few weeks. We'll see how long it goes before it starts to get boring. Maybe we're there already. My favorite food. Well, I do like a good steak, but I have to say my favorite type of food is Chinese. There's a Chinese restaurant right here in Clearwater, And I'm not going to name them because I don't want to give them any publicity. But for several years, I would go there at least once a week for lunch because they have this amazing peanut chicken, along with other great food. But then about a year or so ago, the owners of that restaurant were found guilty of human trafficking, basically using slave labor for their restaurants. So after that news came out, my wife and I have not spent a dime there. We go to a different Chinese restaurant now, and that place also has the peanut chicken, but it's nowhere near as good as the first place. And my favorite smell. Well, this one's pretty easy. When I open up a brand new package of ground coffee, actually not even just a new package. Whenever I open a package to make a new pot of coffee, I usually have to take a big whiff of the coffee grounds in the bag You know, in fact, I've often thought that that would be the best air freshener for my car. Just a bag of fresh ground coffee. And speaking of coffee, I have found the greatest source of really good coffee. A personal friend of mine, his name is Phil, imports coffee beans from all over the world, and he roasts it himself. He's been doing this for years, and he really knows what he's doing. He even built his own coffee roasters. He does it as a hobby, and the coffee is great. He gets coffee beans from Africa, Indonesia, Bolivia, Costa Rica, you know, all over the world. And the cool thing is, it only costs slightly more than the -the run-of-the-mill coffee you buy off the shelf at your grocery store. Personally, I get it from him in person because we go to the same church, and I see him every week. But if you want to try some really good coffee, you can check out his website at philsroastedcoffee.weebly.com. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y, philsroastedcoffee.weebly.com. And you can contact him directly from the website if you have any questions, or if you had trouble finding it, just email me and I'll, I'll connect you. And in case you're wondering, that was not a paid ad. He didn't even ask me to mention his coffee on here. I just want to tell you about it because I know a lot of computer users are also coffee drinkers, and this is good stuff. Like I have mentioned before, I love to hear from you. And I did hear from you. I heard from Rich in Georgia this past week. Hi, Rich. Hi, Scott. This is Rich calling from the great state of Georgia. Just found your podcast. I think I heard Dave Jackson mention it last week, maybe the week before. Anyhow, I'm busy going through some of the past episodes and really enjoying it. I just wanted to call and say thank you. Appreciate it. And if you want to hear your voice here on my podcast, call my podcast voicemail line at 727-386-9468. Or you can email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And that's going to do it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. God bless.